time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located, here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. And John. Loud Pipes, episode 52. We've got a little catching up to do on our riding lately. Uh, we may have purchased some new gear. And uh, we've got some philosophical topics to talk about. So, Mr. Hogan is settling in nicely into his new location. Just wanted to let everyone know that he's arrived safely. And he really wishes he could be here tonight, but unfortunately, bandwidth is not cooperating. So, while we get that settled... Johnny Miracle is going to help us out. How you doing, man? Doing well tonight, other than I have fixed my bandwidth problem at my house. Nice. A little, wait, a little upgrade? Just a tad. A tad. All right. Spill it before we get to the beer. Uh, upgraded to, uh, you know, they live fiber through the neighborhood, and it's not Google Fiber, but it's AT&T uh, Gigapower. Very nice. Got, got that installed yesterday. Took a little, took about five hours to get it. All installed with the two TVs and and the modem and everything. Good times. So speed so far is it as advertised? Well, I have a technically a little problem in the house that I was fighting with tonight. <laughs> old cable. <laughs> um, not sure if it's old cable, but the problem is is um how when I had the house built, we had the house built, and um I had network drops put in certain locations, and everything runs to a central location. Right. Um, all the connections on that panel is only running 100 megs. Ah, yeah, that'll do it. I think the board is shot, and so I'm not getting gigabit, but I can tell you this much, I'm getting 80 to 90 megs both ways. Wow, very nice. Well, yeah, keep me posted on that. We had Uverse back in the day, and it just didn't work out, so I'm curious to see where this lands. It does. And you don't, didn't you say you have Uverse TV still? Just the TV, yep. Okay. Yeah, we got the boxes. I've, I'm pretty impressed with the TV service on it. Awesome. So, All right. Well, keep us posted. Do you uh, have a beer this evening? Of course. Oh, man. What, what is it? Oh, the good old standby. Some Red's Wicked Ale. Wicked Ale. Yeah. You know, my 8% alcohol. 8%. And, and, and what are you sipping on tonight? Well, I, I'm going to be close to you on alcohol. Um, I'm rolling it around here trying to find it. Earlier, it was oh, a little bit less. It's 6.6. Okay. But I'm, I'm venturing out tonight. You know how I like my IPAs? Yeah, you love your IPAs. And you know how I like coffee? Oh, so you got a coffee IPA? I'm trying a coffee IPA from Appalachian Mountain Brewery. I think this is called Baba Boudin. Okay. And it is a coffee IPA. So, and just for our, our folks in Sweden... Also, oh. we can. <laughs> and that's interesting. They did ask, you know, us on our monthly Patreon call, mm. why do we like um, beers and cans? Mm-mm-mm. I don't really care what them? it's in when it tastes like this. <laughs> oh, was it good, my man, friend? Yeah, this is good. Uh-oh. Mm. I was skeptical because I'm thinking, with my beer, I, I kind of like a traditional you know, that's why I kind of like OMB's copper. It's, you know, that German alt beer, 
simple, you know, grain, hops, water, yeast, nothing else. But, you know, so sometimes when you, you mix things into the beer, I'm always like, is that going to ruin the experience? But this is well done. Well oh, done. Good. If we venture up my way, I heard there's about 20 microbrewers in my area. Nice. So, Well, that'll be fun. Yes. So what do we got on tap tonight, Mr. Warfield? Well, we got a lot of things. So let's start with our Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge update. And if you're following along on Eat, Sleep, Ride, uh, John and I are out there. Uh, Speed Fanatic for John, SPDFNTK. Uh, MACD Racer for me, MACD Racer. And of course, if you start at MotorcyclePodcastersChallenge.com, that will link you directly to the post on Eat, Sleep, Ride, where you can follow all the points. So like we said before, the the good folks at ESR have stepped up and they are now providing us daily stats on the challenge. So it's basically taking the mileage from each rider, calculating it into the points that we configured and posting it um, every day. So John takes a load off your, your back now, doesn't it? Just a tad bit, just a tad, <laughs> just a tad. And they're doing a good job. We had a couple of little hiccups, but they worked, helped us work it out. With the emails with them, been awesome trying to get it straightened out. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've been working on it. So, yeah, I can't thank them enough. Like I said, it, even as just a user of the app, I've, I've always been, or I, I continue to be surprised and, and pleased with their level of support. So, anything I've put into support in terms of an issue or a question, they've always come back, um, in, in a timely manner. So, so yeah. they're still knocking out of the park. Well, I, talk, I I passed it along to one of the new writers at, in the office. Um, I got him to use it, and he comes back to me. He goes, oh, my God, that app is so cool. And what the data gives you when you get back from writing. Yeah, and I'm actually, I, I mentioned this before, but I hadn't actually had an opportunity to step up to it, but I wanted to use it more as a writing platform. So part of my daily rides on the Podcasters Challenge is I'm actually making a post on ESR sort of with my ride, you know, where did I go? What did I see? Maybe a picture. And I, I guess that's kind of my, my motivation for the challenge. I mean, the mission as it reads on the website says it's to get people to ride on a more regular basis, ideally daily. But the challenge itself to me was more than that. It was not just to force you to get out and ride every day because that can become a chore, if you will. And I know John, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but what I was really thinking is, let's turn it into an experience. Let's ride the places you haven't been. Go find that little tucked away coffee shop or find that little microbrewery that just started and you haven't had any of their beers yet. You know, go find this little sandwich place that's maybe it's 15 miles out of the city, you know, instead of going to, you know, a chain restaurant or something. Yeah, that was my idea is use it as motivation to get out, see some things. Not just that you got to crank up your bike once a day and log 25 miles. While that will get you the points, that's not really the idea of the challenge. So, John, I know you have a counter. I'll give you a moment. <laughs> well, I kind of would have to say that. I mean, it's kind of a counter. Is, yeah, it's starting to feel like a, I, I know that was our goal when we did this is to go out and ride and do something unique. But it's also sometimes feeling like a little chore here a couple times this week. It's just like, ugh. I gotta go ride, you know. And it's not bad. It's just that, and then I come up with ways. How can I get my my um, miles in the quickest and shortest way without veering off? Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, I'm 
as a new rider, I'm kind of keeping myself off the interstate as much as possible, major interstate as much as possible with a lot of traffic. And then, you know, to get to the north side of where I live, I got to go through Durham. And just that's just going to be a chore to, you know, red light, stop, go. It's just going to be brutal. So a lot of it, I've been going to the south and down towards Charlotte area, towards the, the west part. So, yeah, I hear you. And I had, I've certainly had a ride or two where it's, it sort of felt like a chore. But when I left the house, if I felt like that, I sort of tried to change my mindset. So, uh, which day was it? Was it day two with the donut? I have to go back and look, but I think it was day two. I just, I needed to run a couple of errands and I needed to get the miles in. So obviously around here, you know what it's like, John, it's just city streets, traffic lights, you know, we're in the city limits. It's not the best riding, uh, but you can cover some ground. If you go the right way, you can get some pretty good waves of red lights. You don't end up stopping a whole lot. And I got a craving for a Krispy Kreme. (laughs) So that's what I did. I went to... Uh, I went to a local Krispy Kreme, had a couple of donuts, felt sick afterwards because I ate them too fast, but. Oh, and then you're probably on the bike and hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hot, probably a little dehydrated because I've been drinking coffee all day. And side note on that, you want to think about this really bad. Every year they do a Krispy Kreme challenge. Did you hear about this? Wait, what's that? Every year they do a Krispy Kreme challenge. Which is the stuff, food you can make with a Krispy Kreme. No, so they have this track or uh, down by in downtown Raleigh. They have you run like two and a half miles. You get to a section, eat a dozen donuts of Krispy Kreme donuts, and turn around, and run back. What? And if you make it, and if you do the challenge completely, and you do it in an hour, you get a T-shirt that you did in the challenge, like the Krispy Kreme challenge. That's nutty. I thought you were going to say it was kind of like the county fair where you know, where they deep fry everything. I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like, well, we can make a burger with, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts or we can. They have <laughs> I know that. they do that too. <laughs> but I thought that's where you were going with that. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's at the NC State Fair. They usually do that every year to have some type of weird concoction. And one year it was Krispy Kreme bur- burger. Then I had one. Was it good with all that? <laughs> it wasn't bad. Okay. All right. Well, not to turn this into a food show, but the, um, I guess the riding for me, like I said, it's, I've been trying to put purpose to it. You know, I'm either running errands or going to pick up something, you know, like a snack for the missus or something like that. But last night's ride was the best. And I say last night's ride, uh, for today, because I don't know if we mentioned this, but the servers are recording everything in UTC, uh, universal time. Which is helpful for us. Well, yeah, it just means our day ends and starts at 8 p.m. So if you ride before 8 p.m., that's that counts for that day. If you ride after 8 p.m., that technically counts for the next calendar day. So, you know, I don't know if it's a loop a hole or what, but you could technically ride in the same evening and cover two days, which is what I did yesterday, you know, Wednesday. I, I did that last night as well because uh, I didn't get out on... Yeah, so yeah, it was yesterday because the Time Warner guy was here and I didn't really get out to, or not Time Warner, the Uverse guy was here and didn't get out in time. So the wife said, you're going to go ride? So yeah, I got out and... Yeah. But last night, I'm going to tell you about last night's ride and then we'll move on. But so the the ride last night was the epitome of cruising and why I love my deuce. So 
it was co- nice and cool. It was probably in the lower 80s. Actually, it was cool for the whole day. I don't think we broke 90 for the day, so I wasn't going to get any extra, you know, any extra marks for the inclement weather. But right. I just set my sights on the interstate. And I kind of left the house thinking, kind of like what you were saying, it's a chore. Well, let me go log 25 and I'll come back home. Well, I hit the highway and I started going. Next thing I know, I'm at like 18 miles. I'm like, okay, well, I'm well past 25 now. If I turn around, I was like, why don't I finish it? Or why don't I get to 50? So I'll keep going. When I get to around 26, then I'll, I'll turn around and head for home. Of course, next thing I look down at my odometer, I'm into the 40s. <laughs> so, right. Or I'm sorry, not 40s. That was too far. I was into the 30s. I'm like, oh, gee, you know, now I've got to just plan it out right so I get back home and get 75. Now I'll get my, I'll get seven points. Right. So, yeah, I basically did a half loop around Charlotte. I did the lower part of 485, cut across 85 in the middle. Okay. And when I got home, I was about a mile, I felt I might have been a mile short. So I went past my house, went up the street, turned around a little bit. Um, eat, sleep, ride, <laughs> fired a crash alert, which, you know, is never nice when it's a false alert. But so I, I cleared that, uh, cleared that alert later, you know, texted you and the missus and said, no, I'm fine. If you got an alert, um, it was just a, a false alarm. So yeah, I made it home, got over 75, got my points for the fourth and yep. that was it. And I didn't technically ride today at all. So. Well, I did, uh, so, so kind of how I did mine was I, um, so I had to get my miles in for last night. So jumped to my house, went down, uh, highway 55 and jumped on 540, which is the lower part of 540 from the southern part from 40 south. They're charging as a toll road. So nobody wants to ride it, you know, pay the toll. So I got on it, you know, here it is three lanes of interstate, nobody on it. Because nobody wants to pay the toll, and I can do 70, 80 miles an hour with nobody around me. So yeah, that's, that's nice. what. I, so that's what I did, and I jumped on um, Route One, went a little bit south, and I was looking at the clock on the on the bike. I'm like, okay, twenty five miles. Where's my twenty five miles? Can I get my five points? Twenty five miles. Come on. So and, that, okay, so that's getting into the chore part. I I understand <laughs> that. So so here, here's what I ask: next time you go out and it starts to feel like a chore, yeah. I want you to pull over. Okay. Whip out your phone. Okay. Do a search for whatever it is you like, food-wise. Okay. And go to that place. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll try that. But anyways, just continue on. Yeah, last night riding was cool. It was nice. But I found a new little loop that I can do, and that's a little that. And that's what I did. And then you talk about the miles is that today, Matthew came to work, and we went riding at lunchtime. It was a beautiful day, middle of the day. We went at like 11 o'clock. It wasn't hot. And we rode and I logged 38 miles and I did not realize I put 38 miles into this afternoon. Nice. Yeah. And then you were just a few miles short of getting another point. I was like, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> yeah. Th- that's the sad part. And the wife goes, oh man, you, you could have, you know, we could, went out to dinner and she says, oh man, you could have rode the bike and got your five mi- your four miles. Yeah. And I messed up on the second day. Uh, rode the KLR out at night, and which was just a dangerous thing. I'll come back to that in a second. And I just just couldn't ride that thing anymore. And it was only eighteen miles. I was like, "Geez, I couldn't I couldn't scrape together eight more miles." No, it's okay. Or well, seven well, more miles to get the five points. It's like, come on, we got some time to catch up on the guys. I mean, 
So if everybody wants stat wise, uh, Toronto is uh, kind of kicking everybody's ass right now. Yeah, yeah, that that's for sure. And I don't know if if the motorcycle men are having trouble saving their rides or they're just not. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're planning on doing. But when they do listen, if they are, we'll have to figure that out and the loopholes or whatever on that. But hopefully they have what they have ridden per day and not uh, odometer because there's going to be no way to tell me how many miles they drove per day unless they're tracking it. I think we're going to have a special call-in guest. Hold on one second. Caller, turn down your radio. (laughs) Welcome to the Loud Pipes episode 52 show. May we help you? Hello. Yes, sir. How y'all doing tonight? We're doing good. You just got to kill the stream. You have to kill the live stream. I thought I killed it. Oh, this is a special guest. I don't, I don't know about... Well, I'm special in several ways. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Aaron Smith, everyone. How are you? All right. How y'all doing? We're hanging in there. Hanging in there, enjoying the nice weather. A little cooler than the 90 degrees. You riding much there? We're trying. I mean, John is uh, John is saying it's feeling a little bit like a chore, and I can understand that. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, find something to do, find a place to go, make it more interesting. You, you haven't taken an Indian out, have you? Not yet. Maybe this weekend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy! Where's where our our buddy? Our buddy's not on here, huh? No, he's not not fully connected yet. Yeah, um, I got I got butt dialed by him. Um, let's see, on Tuesday night, twice. I uh, I promptly called him back and said, I, I think you're butt dialing me, and I like it. Or well, that that was probably the bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. But I figured I figured he wanted to know he was butt dialing me. So, all right. Well, if you're going to call us in the middle of the show, you got to tell us where you've been riding. Actually, I have not had time to even get on the bike, that, and that's upsetting me. This call's over. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Um, what, what, nah. What's this new job? Not let you ride the bike to work? Oh, I can ride it to work. Yeah, but just you know, I'd be getting the. Uh, you know, you're doing the point system and it's over 90. I would definitely have a bunch of those points, you know? <laughs> so I, I think what you're saying is you don't like getting out of the shower and then taking a shower on the way to work. Um, well, you know, it doesn't really matter when to sweat anyway, but it's nice to get in an air conditioning car when you get in, when you get done at, you know, uh, one o'clock in the morning. Cause the last, uh, the last three nights that I've worked, I've gotten out. The earliest I got out is one thirty. Wow. And it's still been hot. A couple nights I've been out, it's still been in the 80s. Yeah. So um, I think on Sunday, I didn't get out of there until 2.30 in the morning. Well, while we have you on the line, and we talked about it last show, what do you think about the the new touchscreen on the big Indians? You dig that? It's a nice feature. Being, Being a former salesman, does that make you salivate, or are you just like, oh, dear? Well... You know, I'm one of those people that uh, I don't care if I have a GPS. I don't care if I have all that stuff. I mean, it, the basically the features on that, you know, some of the features are nice. Um, it's nice to have a GPS, but, you know, I don't really worry about it. When I ride, I just go ride. 
you know, yeah. if, if I end up in a place, you know, if I end up somewhere, I'll, uh, I'll find my way. I'll get most of the way there. And if I have to turn my phone GPS on for a couple minutes and find where I'm going, but, um, you know, with, but if you don't have internet, if you don't have, uh, you know, 3g or 4g or whatever it is, it's not going to uh, work good anyway. It's not going to work good anyway, but, um, I mean, it's a nice feature. It's pretty big screen, um, which I think they went for a little bigger screen than what Harley does. Just for the, uh, say, we got the biggest screen thing. Yeah, just for the measuring contest, of course. Yeah, um, which, you know, sometimes bigger is not better, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I just, to me, I just wish they would have integrated it a little nicer into the dash. It looks, it doesn't, I don't know, visually to me, it's, it's not working. I think they could have done it different. I understand how they wanted to get it closer to the rider. I get all that, but just that molding around the screen and the dials just looks aftermarket to me. It just well, doesn't look right. It doesn't look finished. I mean, I understand the trying to keep the rider looking forward because, uh, you know, I think I've seen the Harley one. It's a little bit lower. Um, so you do have to keep your take your eyes off the road when you look down at it. This one seems like it's a little bit higher, which is, you know, in forethought, it is a, you know, afterthought, it is a good thing to have the person looking up most of the time instead of looking down. Um, but it does, it does have a little funky look to it. All right. I was just curious. So when, when you were selling, did you get that a lot from customers saying, well, you know, I kind of like to have that touch screen like the Harley has. Did you hear that before or no? Well, there was a lot of, does it have a GPS? Does it have a GPS? Yeah. I was like, Mm, no, uh, it's it's one of those things that just they just haven't developed it yet. But in the um, in some of the advertise in some of the paperwork, it said that it had like uh, last year on two thousand fifteen miles and some of the uh, brochures and stuff. It said touchscreen display, so you knew it was coming out. Right. But you really didn't want to emphasize it because you're like, uh, well, it doesn't have it yet. But <laughs> so, but I think I think the way it's laid out on Rico's Roadmaster is it's very clean. You know, the 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 design works. The whole style is is very well done, and I think it's the display on the Roadmaster in in the form that Rico purchased is I think is going to be timeless. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that just came out it's going to look like a fad in a few years. Yeah. I think they'll, I I think they'll get some um, feedback on looks and, you know, probably not this year, but maybe next year they'll change it around a little bit uh, to make it integrate a little bit better. I just hope it's an option for the people that don't want it. I hope there's an option to say, yeah, I don't want that. Not on the chieftain or roadmaster. It is a, it's a standard feature now. I know. And that's, we talked about it on our last show. That's that's a non-starter for me. Now, on the um, from what I understand, on the dark horse chieftain, it's not on on the stripped down chieftain. Yeah, which looks nice, by the way. I like that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, you being a big front wheel guy, you know, you can always cut the fender down, and you know, yeah, first thing to go, <laughs> put the uh, put the big, you know, the twenty one or whatever it is on it. <laughs> You know, make it try to make it look like a Harley, you know. Mm. Well, speaking of with actual performance, 
Well, speaking of big wheel baggers, you want to hang out for a bit? We got some other cool topics if you want to chime in. Yeah, I can hang out for a few minutes. All right. Well, since you mentioned the big wheel bagger, uh, we had an interesting topic come up on our Slack group earlier today. So we've mentioned this before. We have a private Slack channel for all of our patrons to hang out and and chat amongst themselves, and we're all in there as well. Uh, So the topic came up was, what do you think the president would ride if he was a rider? So there was this funny picture that someone said around, um, President Obama was walking out with the First Lady, and he had his arms up in the air, and the the tagline was, let me get the tagline verbatim so I don't mess it up, but it was something to the effect of, you know, Michelle, the the ape hangers are going to be about yay high, and there's going to be plenty of room for you on the back. So I just, it was funny. It sparked a lot of interesting conversation. So we thought, let's take it up as a topic. And let's talk about what do we think the president would ride if, if he was a rider. I don't believe he is, but if he was, what do you think he would ride? And I'll give you my take, and then we'll, we'll kind of run it around the room a little bit. Um, I was thinking Bagger. I first thought Harley, but I've changed, since changed my tune to Indian. Probably a big front wheel. I don't know about the sound system, but definitely a big front wheel uh, Indian bagger. And I I said, and I think we've all agreed, that the First Lady would also ride her own. That's my thought. John? Well, I kind of went with a different way. I'm thinking that he's going to have a gold wing. Oh, two up on a wing? No, I think... My funny thing is, looking at her in that picture, I just could see her on a sport bike. Hmm. But, but okay. the the president on a on a gold wing because I saw some out in Tennessee and I thought about it and how big the front windshield is it could be bulletproof. Yeah, well that's true. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> so there you go. All right, Aaron, care to weigh in? Oh, I could go so wrong with this. Just keep it to bikes. It's not not a political show. Um. Well, whatever it is, he'd be riding B behind Michelle. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> see, he's still gonna go there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh time. Good. Don't forget to leave me your email address. I'd have to update the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh God. Um, I would say. Oh God, I don't think he's the. Yeah, I think he's more of a. Oh. Well, I I know he's a little bit of a car guy because he had a Chrysler 300 before becoming president. That much I know. So yeah, I, I see him on a BMW, BMW? Um, okay. maybe an R 1200 or something like that. All right. I don't see him on a uh, on American one. And the first lady, she gonna be riding or as passenger or her own? Um. I don't know. She now now I can see her more on a Harley, you know, than I could see him. Yeah, I was trying to figure out she's, which she's one. She's a little though. bit tougher than he is. I was like, I was actually thinking lowrider, like Dinah lowrider all day. Yeah, fists and feet in the wind. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Yeah, a matter of fact, I saw a uh, a video the other day, and it was um, I'm I'm going to go a little bit fun. There's a uh, these two ladies, uh, diamond and something or other, uh, African American ladies, and they have a they have a little podcast show or their little uh, they tape it and they put it on um, Instagram or whatever the heck they put it on something, and uh, they did a bikers for Hillary skit thing. Oh man, 
<laughs> can only imagine. And it showed John Kerry on a bicycle, a pink woman's bicycle. And that was bikers for Hillary showing up in Philadelphia. It was funny. Too it was funny. And they're sitting there laughing like crazy. It was hilarious. Yes. So that, so that was our take on it. We, like I said, it came up in Slack. We had a lot of fun with it today. And, you know, what we thought we would do is we'd ask for some feedback. If anybody would like to hear some more, we'll, we'll take a little trip down memory lane. We'll go through past presidents, do a tiny bit of research and see if we can figure out what bike we think they would ride. So, so let us know if you want to hear more of those. And if you want to hear Aaron make some more political comments, you know, let us know about that too. <laughs> yeah, don't don't give out my email address. That's right. Aaron. Now, here here's one here's one that would definitely be riding a Harley. Teddy Roosevelt. All right, the Rough Rider himself. He would be riding a Harley or an Indian or something like that. Now, was Indian making bikes then, or were they on one of their hiatuses? Well, he, I think he was what he was right before the. Right around the turn of the century, so it was right about the time they started. He didn't. He didn't fall into that one. He was president from nineteen oh one to nineteen oh nineteen oh one to nineteen oh nine. Yeah, so he was probably he probably would have rode in India if he wanted to. Well, nineteen oh one, he didn't have a choice. That was all he had. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harley was two two years later. Yeah. And what about? Have you seen on this? Uh, what is it? Discovery Channel and everything making of Harley. There's yep. There's a show coming out. Yeah, it's called Harley and the Davidsons. Start in September as a, I think it's a three show miniseries. I'd like to see what they say about that. That'd be that'd be an interesting thing to watch. That'd be cool. Wow, we saw some of those bikes last year. They're rich. We certainly did. Yeah, Barber. There's um, yeah, I I I've been watching some of the previews for that and looking at some of the old um, you know, they showed the old board trackers and stuff like that. I want to see what they go into as far as the racing and everything, you know, and the, the basic competition between Indian and, and Harley and see what they see, how they, how they approach it. If they approach it. Now, have you been watching the, um, ride with Norman Reedus? You've been watching that at all? No, I I haven't been able to find it yet. When I think it's on AMC. Is that right, John? Yeah, it's on AMC and it should be on, on demand as well. Okay, I might have to. I might have to put that on. Yeah, you know, when you're sitting at the airport waiting for the next plane to come in. Yeah, at the uh, at the rate it's been going, there's not really much break time. So, <laughs> oh, jeez. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. The uh, Harley Davidson show is going to be on uh, three two hour pro three two hour hour programs starting on September 9th at nine p.m. on Discovery. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tape those. Would you a Betamax? Well, <laughs> D- DVR them, okay. <laughs> or are you a VHS guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I'm kicking my butt now. <laughs> but it, it might have to be on that because you know he might have slow service down there. Hey, it's not as bad as what Rico's service was. Yeah, he found. Yeah, out there it was terrible, but he found some good service today. Um, I forget where he was, but he had he had twenty some megabits down and three up. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, he found some pretty good Wi-Fi. So yeah, he's 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 going to have to find some interesting places down there. Yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him wired in here before long. Just let him get all settled. Well, I'm I'm hoping I'll be able to get out. You know, October 
uh, and and get to Barber. That's going to be the big thing. Seeing if I can drop my shifts and stuff. So yeah, yeah. That's you know. Well, yeah, and, and speaking of meeting up, we had um, we had a listener write in in the local Charlotte area. Uh, I don't have the email right in front of me, but I believe the person's name was Mika, and they thought it was neat hearing you know us ride around local places, and then that got us thinking about a meetup. So I was over at Cycle Gear earlier in the week over in Matthews, and their bike night, one of their next big bike nights, is August 26th from 5 to 8 p.m. So we're going to check that out. What day of the week is that? I think that's a Friday night. It is. Yeah. So we're going to do that, and I think they're going to have probably a DJ. They're going to have uh, some other things going on. I I understand the the manager or general manager is kind of it's like a welcoming back party. He was at another show and is now back to Charlotte. So so yeah, we're going to be there if people want to stop by and and hang out. I don't know if we'll have any swag, but we might be able to scare up some gear or some stickers or something. So so Rich, while while you're, what were you doing in cycle gear there, Rich? Ah, I was buying a new helmet. A new helmet? Ah. <laughs> new helmet? You? Yes, yes. I know. We. What you finally do? Get rid of the half helmet there? All right. Get, get your grief out. Go ahead. I'll wait. I'm all good. I'll drink some more of this coffee IPA. <laughs> nope, we're all good. So what'd you end up getting? Well, I figured it was time for a good helmet because... I've never spent more than I think about $150 on a helmet. Oh, you're higher than I am. Yeah. So I have a half helmet that I've had for probably 10 years that I still wear, which is a Fulmer. And my, the last full face helmet I bought is the Fulmer M1, which is still about eight years old. And the one I had prior to that was an HJC, which wasn't very expensive either, which I still have, but I don't wear anymore. But (laughs) that helmet now is like 16 years old. Um, and then I have a dual sport helmet that I use like when I, I go off roading and that's, that's a house brand helmet from cycle gear. I think it's built or one of those yeah. two that yeah. they have. Um, what's the other one they have? Sudici, I think is the other brand, but yeah, yeah it's, def- it's definitely a built, um, sort of an ADV helmet. Um, so it's got a visor on it and it still has a shield though. So yeah, I decided time for a good helmet and I've heard John talk on and on about his, his showy and I stepped it up a little bit and I bought the what is it called, John? The RJ twelve hundred. No, nope, the RF twelve hundred. <laughs> RF twelve hundred. Excuse me. Yeah. So that's cool. that's what I got. So what you think of it? I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Pardon the pun, but still trying to wrap my head around five hundred dollars for a helmet. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. ask you a question. Does it feel and <laughs> does it feel less weight is it you know than than your your fuller that you've had well it it feels a little lighter uh maybe okay. because i don't have the senna hooked up to it and a gopro camera and an extra microphone and all that stuff but it does feel lighter okay. uh it's definitely cooler the, well that's that's key the, yep the ventilation in it is so much better than what i have the visor is fantastic and this is a, a pin lock setup uh, which i didn't have the inner piece in but it does have the pin lock for anti-fog um, so i'll try that out here at some point yeah i know um and, and then you have the washable liner as well i think correct 
Yeah, washable liner. So I, I was actually going to get the helmet that you have. The, the, the Quest? The Quest. I walked in there, put it up on the counter. We were going through it. And just before I started to pay for it, I said something about the liner. And the guy started looking at it. He's like, oh, he's like, this liner doesn't come out. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's a requirement. <laughs> yeah. So so going back to when I was going to buy the helmet, I was going to go in. I was going to buy the RF-1200. And then the salesman talked me down to the Quest and saying that since I was having a spider, the, the RF-1200 is more designed for a sport bike rider due to how you ride the bike and how you're tilted and the aerodynamics on it. So the Quest was more designed, and I kind of now go back, and I do wish I had the removable liner that comes out. It does have the cheek pads. Um, yep. Mine didn't come with pin lock defaulted, but I can. I bought a new visor for it. That has it? That has it, and but I haven't bought the interior pin lock piece because you got to buy another piece to go inside of it Correct. still. Um, now, talking about that, Matthew bought the GT Air, which is between yours and mine, um, pretty much, they're all three of them are pretty much neck and neck. The thing difference in his is that the uh, GT Air has a built-in um, sun visor, and isn't it also modular. Nope, it's not modular. No, it's not. Okay. Nope. But it unfortunately the 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 Air loses its snow rating due to the internal module or internal sun visor. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. My other requirement was that. I, I didn't have to have a modular, but I had my glasses had to go in and out of the helmet with ease, and, and it had to not bother me, because there's nothing worse than you can't get the glasses in, or I get them in, and they don't fit right, and it just becomes a huge distraction. So They're all, they're all whoppy jot on your nose. Yeah, or the Quest, for example, I put my glasses on, and they didn't even rest on my nose. Like, the pads just kept mm-hmm. them suspended off my face. I'm like, that, that's not going to work. Yeah. But... Well, I took the RF-1200, put it on. It felt comfortable right away. Slid the glasses right in. And I'm like, yeah, I think, I think this is the one. Well, go back to it. didn't tell you- me it was $500 until it went on the counter. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Well, go back to the fact that you're looking at the, the Shubert that was almost $800. Yeah, this is true. This is well, true. Well, here, here's another thing. You know, $300 windshield. Hopefully it doesn't go that way. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and that was more than $300 windshield. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and basically it's shoved in the corner of the garage, right? Yeah, I need to get it up on eBay. So if anyone, yeah. anyone's got a soft tail deuce and wants a detachable windshield, hit me up. <laughs> Make you a heck of a deal. <laughs> Hopefully the helmet doesn't go that way, right? I don't think it, I don't think it will. I think you're going to be happy with it, Rich. I, I've been happy with mine. Uh, this is... Matthew's been happy with his. He came from an H- HJC helmet, and he's been happy with his. Yeah. Um. I I think my Quest is supposed to have a lot of airflow. I think it's not as much as as much as I hope for, but still. Yeah. The the key with this one, and I so I left Cycle Gear. I was on the KLR, went on the highway, scary ride, and it was still really hot. So I reached up and I opened those two little vents that are like right up on your forehead. Right. And I got to tell you, it felt like somebody blowing ice water onto my forehead. It felt that cool when I first opened them up. And the way they explained it to me is those vents go in and the EPS line, the EPS foam is vented all the way to the back of the helmet. 
So the right. air just doesn't go in and hit your skull. Like it's, it's able to go in and then channel all the way to the back. And then there's a big rear vent on the back. Right. I have, um, I have a small little front one in the front and on the chin. And then in the back, there's two exhaust vents that are open. So I guess on the front, then there's, on mine, I guess there's technically four. There's one in the mouth, yeah, okay. which has a three position setting, which is pretty cool. My old one was open and closed. This one has three different positions. Right. There's one in the middle of the he- the helmet. And then there's the two up on the side. And then, of course, the big exhaust in the back. But yeah, I, I didn't use it much, but from cycle gear to home, I don't know, what was it, nine miles, uh, half of it interstate, was comfortable. You know, the buffeting wasn't too bad. It seems to be a little quieter, maybe, in the aerodynamics department. Hard, okay. to, t- hard to tell, because the KLR is such a, a disturbed air bike anyway, because of the way it is. Right. And then you also, I think there's ear pads in, in for the center for the speakers, am I correct, that you got the little foam pieces that you could put in there? Well, that's another thing I'm hoping for is, yeah, it has cups, ear cups built in for the Senna size speakers. So okay. they, they set right into a nice little pocket that's built into the helmet. So I'm looking forward to that. And also what you probably can do as well, because I've had a problem with, I think one of my Senna ear speakers have been shot due to the wire. Yeah. Um, you might be able to run the wire up over into the red liner, remove a liner. You can just probably run up over your head you know, inside the liner. Yeah, we'll have to see. And I'm I'm not going to give it all away, but let's just say the helmet is not here right now. I've it's shipped, not there. I've shipped it away. I'll get it back in September. All right. Mm, that's all I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> Could be some... Uh... <laughs> I mean, there's not much you can do to a helmet when you ship it away, right? <laughs> So that'll be fun. But yeah. So yeah, new helmet, um, RF-1200 from Shoei, or Shoei, depending on your potato, potato. Yep. And so far, I like it. And we'll see. My first premium helmet. Well, give us an update on that. Indeed. I'm still driving around with my $120 helmet. Yeah. I just, honestly, I really, like I said, the liner, washable liner was an absolute requirement because mine... My eight-year-old Fulmer is just nasty. There's no other way to say it. It's just gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was all hard-earned, though. Yeah, all rough miles. A lot. Of, I have a lot of rain miles on that helmet because anytime I've taken a long trip, I've always taken that helmet and not the half. And you know, if you ride more than a day or two, you're always in rain at some point. Yeah. So there's a lot of rain miles on that helmet. All right, John. Yes, sir. Talk about touring a little bit. All right, touring. I heard you got some touring stories for me. Yeah, and this is kind of philosophical for me. And we were originally going to have uh, Robert's dad, Clint, join us tonight, uh, but he needed to get back to the Boston area. So we'll meet up with him at another time. But he's kind of inspired me to rethink this whole touring bike thing. So, So let me explain a little bit. He's had various bikes over his years. So the man is about... 77 years old, if I have my numbers correct. And he's had everything. He's had a Valkyrie, Goldwing, BMWs. Um, last time he came down here, he had an old um, Kawasaki Concourse 1000 um, that he did, you know, four or 5,000 miles in in a couple of weeks riding around the country. So this year, he picked up a 93 Suzuki Intruder 1400. 
The plan was 5,000 miles. I think it was two weeks, two-week trip maybe. Ended up being a little shorter than that because he had some repairs to do uh, to the bike. But overall, I'll put a picture in the show notes, but very basic setup. Light saddlebags on the side, short little windshield. You know, he had a few other bags strapped to it, and that was it to ride around the country for a couple of weeks. So, like I said, it kind of got me rethinking this whole touring bike thing. It's like, how much bike do you really need at the end of the day? And it all comes down to comfort, man. Comfort and I guess whatever you can tolerate, right? I mean, I'm sure he's got more of a iron butt than me, but, you know, I'm even thinking about my deuce. I mean, I've ridden it almost 700 miles in a day before. And some people would look at that bike going on the road and say, how do you ride five minutes on that thing? But I just get in a zone. It just, I get into a comfort spot, I get into a zone and I just cruise. No other way to really describe it. In the same way I'm sure Aaron did on his uh, RT and certainly now your new, what's the thing called? Chieftain. Chieftain. <laughs> sure. Blow it out of the water, you know. How, how much beer, how much alcohol is in this thing? You said it was a... Uh... What was it, 8.6 there, Rich? No, it was 6.6. Six. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, Aaron, you're probably in the same boat, right? You, you certainly, you find a groove, either it's a seating position or a speed or a certain type of road, and the miles just disappear. It doesn't really matter what bike you're on. Yeah, um, on that uh, BMW, you know, it you really didn't have where you could adjust your position too much. Now on the Chieftain, I can probably adjust my position probably three or four different positions on my on my posterior to take to alleviate some uh, pressure points. But that's uh, you know that's you you don't have your legs out behind you; you have them out in front of you. So it's it's a lot easier to adjust a little bit. Right now, I will say I think the. What I'm starting to think is the basic position of the bike is more important than its features. And what I mean by that is this FJ09 that I rode, I I really can't stop thinking about it because of how comfortable the position was, just the basic position of sitting on the bike. Okay. And I don't think it matters whether it has bags on it or not. I mean, you could put on a backpack, you could strap a roll bag to the back of it and well. just go. Right, and you kind of thought about it. I mean, you could you could put the hard bags, or you could put soft bags, and then something on the back of you, and the way you're set to go. So, you, yeah, you know, just you, go ahead. If you packed enough stuff for a day or a couple of days, you know, if you had enough clothes for two or three days to go from, you know, then you can stop at the hotel and wash your clothes and move on. That's what it really comes down to is I need to pack lighter and get down to the bare essentials. Right. You know, if you're going on a five-day trip, you don't need five days worth of riding gear. You know, maybe you only need two. Right. Probably for Barbara, I'm probably going to bring like three or four. It's probably going to be a six-day trip, you know, by the time I leave and get down to you and we take off, you know. Um, So it's just, you know, probably in Birmingham, I'll be doing laundry one night just to get clothes done and swapped out and stuff. Yeah. So. But, you know, talking about riding, you know, position rich, you know, I bought some, uh, bought something new for the Spider. You know that, right? You remember, right? Uh, luggage wise? Yeah. What, what did you get? No, not luggage wise. I bought the, the Airhawk R. Oh, God. That's oh, right. Seat. Yeah. And how's that wonderful thing working out? 
Not bad so far. Get out. Hasn't been bad. Okay. Seems like a gimmick to me. It hasn't been as bad. I mean, the only reason I got it was because Matthew had one and he went to Tennessee and he said he would did a great job and he wouldn't be able to do without it. So, yeah, I guess my challenge is the the way my seat has is like a, like a dish shape. Right. I don't know. I just I felt like I wasn't riding the bike. I was like sitting on top of the bike. I know that sounds weird because you sit on the seat anyway, but it just felt like I was off the bike. I was too high. And then I would let air out. And then it just, once I got it to where I didn't have that feeling, I didn't feel like I was getting any support from the cushion. Okay. Well, so that's why I gave it to Robert's dad. And that's, and that's, and that's one of the reasons I went with the Corbin C. Okay. Exactly. I did that on my KLR. I had a real nice Corbin seat on that before I turned it into a dirt bike. I wish I had that again because I'm kind of feeling nostalgic for the old bike. I'd almost like to ride it to Barber this year. Oh boy. No. Cause I got to tell you, no, I have three foot positions on that bike. Good luck through Atlanta. I have standard position with the pegs. I can put my feet back on the passenger pegs and get like that sport bike tuck. And I have highway pegs on it. What's the top, what's the top speed on that? Uh, it depends on how I set the gearing up. I mean, it would run 75, no problem. Through Atlanta. Mm. That yeah. could be fun. Yeah. But the other thing is, it has a six-gallon tank. I would run you guys out of fuel. <laughs> it's like 6.1-gallon like tank. <laughs> well, how, how many miles a gallon does it get? I don't remember. It's only a 650. It's not that big. Yeah. I still have to take mine in for the reflash for the recall. Oh, do you for the fire? Well, yeah. The supposed fire damage. Did you check and see make sure Rico's isn't having issues? Oh, we'll find out this weekend. Boom, boom, boom. Did he take his in? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I guess, I'll uh I guess I could do that for him if it if it needs it, take it in. Check with him and see if he took it in. If not, if not, we'll make appointment over there and do it. Okay. But yeah, I think um, I've got a tender from Rico. I mean, I think we've talked about this on the show. I'm holding both his R6 and the Roadmaster until he f- figures out what to do with them. But um, yeah, I think the Roadmaster might go out this weekend, and then I'll wash it, put it away, and put the battery tender on it. Because it's been idle now, I think, for three weeks. Oh, okay. So yeah, take it out, warm it up real good, put fresh gas in it, and then clean it up, put it away for another month. Put some uh, additive in the gas tank, keep it fresh. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll just buy um, non-ethanol gas. Yeah. You can get that around here now. Or go get some get some 100 octane, it smells good. What's that? Premium non-octane? Uh, no, well, no, there's some gas stations now, they sell just pure gas there's no ethanol in it at all yeah is it premium though i believe yeah i believe it's 91 octane okay all right yeah it's not high like 93 94 but it's i believe it's 91 okay there's a couple places around and a lot of the marathons i think some of them stop now but they used to carry that 100 octane race gas which worked great in the harley and there was no ethanol in that either yeah had a nice smell to it hmm yeah, you're sitting there every so often just take a whiff out of your gas tank, right? 
No, no, I'm saying out the exhaust. It had a, like a sweet smell to it. Oh, okay. Smell like a race car, basically. Mm. All right. So yeah, that's just kind of like I said, that's kind of my philosophical thought on on touring and and I don't know, John, this that FJ really got to me, man. I'm still thinking about it now well, that's kind two of, weeks later. That's interesting. That was a fun ride. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'll keep an eye out for one for you. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I I don't think I'm going to replace my deuce with it, but I would certainly love to have one. Hmm. And it, the riding position thing is really kind of what's driving that because I, as much as I enjoyed riding my deuce around the interstate the other night, I still have to, I have to be ready when the expansion joints come up because it's not that smooth of a ride. And depending on the speed, you can get quite a jar off of that thing. And I'm just thinking if I had something with more suspension travel, I would no longer have to worry about that. So depending on how the ride goes to Barber, that might change my mind on, uh, maybe the FJ does become my bike. (laughs) Yeah. We will see. Time will tell, as they say. Yeah. We're more ready to find out. All right, John. Well, I think we covered those topics there that... You so nicely put in the notes for me. Um, anything else you had? No U-turn today, right? No U-turn. But, you know, you did talk one one little quick other thing. What's that? You know, you took the KLR for night riding. How was it? Scary. Scary, scary, scary. So, yeah. The Deuce has an LED headlight as the daymaker from Harley. The KLR, it's a 1998. It's got an old halogen headlight in it and it it looked like a candle john (laughs) i mean it looked like i had a damn candle on the front of the bike so you've got this dim headlight the bike is not very well lit anyway so it's narrow i'm out riding at night it's starting to get a little foggy and the cars are just not seeing me at, at all like i'm approaching a car it's like i'm looking at them i think they're looking at me and then they go i'm like they don't even see me. Like, I don't even exist out here. They're, they're too busy playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, even more so yeah. than normal, though, because, like, I love riding the deuce at night because that headlight is so bright that they, they can't mm-hmm. not see that, at least at night. I mean, I've almost been clobbered during the day, but at night, I mean, it's probably annoying. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, but it is hard to miss. Let's just say that. So, and that, that's the one thing I would change on my Chieftain. I would love to change right Yeah, as like, a, as, a, as the funds come in, you know, that would be something I'm looking at changing. All right. I can see that. Yeah, Rico has the LEDs on his. That's pretty nice. Yeah, the Roadmaster comes standard with the LEDs. Good stuff. But yeah, your, your headlight on your, on your deuce is bright. Definitely. It is bright. It might be a little out of adjustment, but it's not far off. I've I've adjusted it several times, and it's when I think it's off, I put it on the line and I measure it, and I marked a spot on the wall, and it's. I mean, it was off by like an inch last time I measured it. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy bright. Yeah. So all right, well, Aaron, thanks for joining us. You got anything else you want to share? Oh, uh, close it down. Just, uh, just gonna try to get some more riding in. I know Saturday I'm going to the. Uh, Saturday morning uh, at the Indian Charlotte, I'm going to the uh, writers group meeting and I might drop a little information about Barber on there. 
Nice, nice. And see if anybody's interested in that, and maybe uh, get a couple of those people to see about riding and riding there. So the more mm-hmm. the merrier, isn't it? Isn't that the way it is? I think so. Yeah, up to a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, several of those people are. You know, there's there's a good group of people, and you know, of course, you know, there's basically our age or, you know, there's a couple here and there that are younger, but our age and and up. So they're not quite as, um, you know, crazy on the group rides as far as, uh, you know, doing the cutting back and forth and stuff. There's a couple people, but you know, it's uh, pretty steady, you know, let it roll. Um, but yeah, the, uh, Indian group does go a little bit quick though. Sometimes Mm, you don't say, yeah, you, you didn't. You didn't learn that from me and uh, myself and Rico, huh? I have learned. Yes. Yeah. So, sorry about all the popping, guys. No worries. All right. Well, I would also like to thank our patrons real quick for their continued support, and we do have a new patron who joined this week. We'll we'll talk about them, I'm sure, in future episodes. Um, so that now leaves. What do we have now, John? Just one of the Just first five shirts are left. So. Once that's gone, that's it. There will only be five of the first five. Um, you'll still be able to join Patreon at the five dollar level, just not, uh, just won't be called the first five. <laughs> all right, all of our patrons are riding their own, and if you would also like to ride your own, check out loudpipes.net/slash/donate and click on that Patreon image. Show notes, links, and images for this episode can be found on our website. And I'm gonna catch John off guard as usual. Where are they? Um. Uh, yeah, good job. Oh boy. <laughs> Wildpipes.net slash fifty two. <laughs> Thanks, man. In addition to show notes, you can find links there to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. And don't forget, follow me on Eat Sleep Ride, because I am trying to do a post every day about the motorcycle podcasters challenge. Alright, kickstands up in honor of Rico. Shambila. Later we'll, guys. Guess we'll ride out. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, Aaron. This has been an RW Studio production. Check us out at rwstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.